So I'm here with Dario Kavain, who's the editor of ERR, the Estonian equivalent of LSM. Uh, we're at a seminar called Will Write for Food up here in Tallinn, uh, aiming to improve the quality of English language writing and journalism in the Baltics. Now, ERR was very much the trailblazer in, in setting up a public service news uh, portal. Uh, how are things going? Because it seems like you're quite well established now. Um, well, it's going well at the moment. Uh, I've only been with ERR News for about eight or nine months now. And um, we've changed it quite a bit. We've changed the approach. We're concentrating more on political reporting and current events. And um, But over the last two months have successfully restarted the opinion section and the culture and entertainment section as well. So there's only two of us, which means our resources are very limited. So, yeah, and political news, reporting about what's going on, um, on Dornbea and where Estonia shows up in the other parts of the world and in international organizations and so on, uh, that of course has priority, but we're slowly beginning to add more as well. And how does your service fit into the Estonian media landscape in general? I mean, are you referred to by other news sources? Do you simply take material from elsewhere? Um, we mainly pick up material from elsewhere. Uh, ERR itself produces an absolutely incredible amount of content every day. If, uh, if we had the manpower to do subtitling and video editing, we could do incredible things. But yeah, so at the moment we pick up our news from the Estonian news team, mainly from the web news, because they're usually the quickest. And um, there's been a huge boost in quality of what they're doing since Anwar Samost has taken over as chief editor as well. So now we actually have scoops as well, where before we basically parroted what radio and TV uh, were doing. And um, being the English portal, of course, we look at other media, at other papers, at other websites and so on as well, and we pick up stuff that's going on there. We try to do our own reporting as well, but yeah, that takes a lot of time that we usually don't have. That would take money, which we don't have. So uh, we're, trying to be, uh, we're trying to do the best we can, but yeah, our resources are very limited. It seems that all the three Baltic states are at the forefront, or at least have risen up the international news agenda recently with issues like you know, NATO reinforcements coming here, obviously uh, fears of uh, aggressive Russia and so on. Do you think that you have more of a role to play in informing the international community about the actual state on the ground here in Estonia than maybe uh, correspondents who get kind of parachuted in for a weekend and then disappear? Absolutely, yes. Um, one of the things that we try to do, and which I think is very, very necessary, is to try and capture the mood of the country as well. You can, like, if, if, if a journalist or if a correspondent uh, can be bothered, they'll find any of the, the corner data anywhere, somewhere online, no problem. But what they can't capture if they're just here for a day or two, or if they're yeah, stopping by for however long, is how the situation is perceived by politicians and, and other people in the country. So I think what we'll have to do a lot more in the future is to explain what certain world events and events abroad mean to Estonia, how the Estonian politicians are reacting to them. The migration crisis is another example. Um, yeah, so how does Estonia react to what's going on in the world? That will, that will be more and more important. And in terms of NATO reinforcement, I think 
the main task that we have is to 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 kind of calm not calm people down but but to 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 provide a counterweight of sorts to reporting uh, on the BBC and elsewhere where it always sounds like Estonia and Latvia are actually gearing up for war and, and, and all this kind of which absolutely isn't true and there was this funny incident a few a few uh, a few months ago when the saber strike exercise uh, when there was this this final battle live fire battle um, I actually uh, went there and, and covered it and it was hilarious to see that the BBC was present with a four-man team and they went and interviewed the commander-in-chief of the Estonian Defence Forces as well as a ge uh, an American general who was present and they were just pushing for the R word the only thing they wanted to hear is that one of these two people would please 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 say we're doing this because of Russia as if that weren't completely obvious that, that that's that's the kind of thing in in the West the way the Western media deal with Russia is, 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 is very, very tentative and very cautious all the time. They, they, kind of, they can't really name it. And wherever you use the term Russia, you need to have it backed up by at least 15 different experts before you can go and say anything at all. But the plain fact is there are in excess of 60,000 people on the other side of the border and 6,000 people here. And that is a fact, and that can be reported. I don't understand why the BBC isn't making a big deal out of that. And from what you're saying, I mean, I know you're very strident in protecting uh, editorial integrity and independence and so on, but it does sound like there is at least uh, an element of kind of soft power in here, because by sort of putting the record straight about these sorts of issues, it's, well, affecting the situation as well, is it not? I agree, especially considering the fact that... Uh, authorities of other countries read what we write. I mean, as I, as I said before, that came as a big surprise to me, actually, how important ERR news is to the local embassy. And uh, just, just a week ago, I was invited <laughs> to breakfast with the deputy chief of mission of the Swiss embassy in Riga, uh, which is a lot <laughs> I'd never heard of before. So, so we get read. We get read by policymakers abroad. We get read by diplomats and so on. So yes, there is soft power, of course.